Welcome to the Self-Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. I am the author of The Human Magnet Syndrome, The Codependent Narcissist Trap, and the creator of the Codependency Cure and Hitch Trauma Resolution Treatment Programs. If you identify with codependency, which I renamed the Self-Love Deficit Disorder, or you're caught in the crosshairs of narcissistic abuse or gaslighting, you've come to the right place. Expect the very best information that I know, whether from my own personal journey of recovery or through my 35 years of professional experience. What separates my work from others is my understanding of the origin of the problem, the solutions, and the necessity to take responsibility for one's broken picker that always points them to the dream of the soulmate, but the nightmare of the cellmate. So join my self-love recovery community and set your sights on the cure, self-love abundance. Welcome to my podcast. Today I'm going to talk about a concept that I created years ago. Probably the first seeds of it occurred back in 1985 um, when I was a sophomore in college at, at actually Towson State University outside of Baltimore. And the concept that it eventually became named as, or I named it as, my relationship math concept. It started off with a saying uh, back then when I was, uh, I think I was the uh, president of the Honor Society, Psychi Honor Society, and I had my own little office. It was kind of cool. And, uh, and I would post sayings, inspirational sayings on a bulletin board, and I try to remember them so I would, could like absorb the wisdom. And one of them had something to do with the addition of people in a relationship and said something about it making a healthy or unhealthy relationship. And I can't really remember it. But years later, maybe about 15 years later, I came up with what I call relationship math. And before I talk about it in detail, it's as follows. A half and a half, a codependent and a narcissist, equals one, and one is a half of a relationship. One plus one, which are two self-love abundant people, equal two, and two is a full relationship comprised of autonomous and interdependent individuals. And there's a lot to unpack with those few sentences. And the first thing I want you guys to know is in no way do I see codependents or even for that matter, narcissists as half people. The half is directly connected to emotional development, mental health development, um, self-love, which is a primary component of good mental health. If a person carries deep, deep self-love deficiencies, or what I call self-love deficit disorder, they are not going to be fully developed. In fact, they will have been stunted in such development during their attachment years. And that means by the way that they were raised or nurtured um, in their childhood, determined the course that they move forward on, which would either meet their needs and, and coalesce into a healthy personality type, a healthy mental health foundation. Or if the attachment experience was chaotic, depriving, there was neglect and abuse in it. 
or for that matter, you had a pathological narcissist as your parent and the other parent as a codependent or what I call someone with self-love deficit disorder, invariably the attachment years are filled with trauma. Therefore, there is no way that a child who is who has parents such as these can grow up and be fully developed, um, have built a foundation of mental health, personal health, social health, self-esteem, and all these other um, measurements of positive development, positive psychological development. So I refer to codependence as a half. And the half is not a qualitative judgment of, well, they're not as good as full people. It's just a quantitative judgment on mental health. Similarly, I use the half to describe a pathological narcissist. Although their psychopathology is far more serious and far less amenable to psychotherapy or any clinical interventions, they are also what I call half individuals. In their childhood, they also experienced attachment trauma. Their attachment trauma was exponentially more serious, more profoundly damaging and traumatic than that of someone who was going to be an adult codependent or an SLD, which is the explanation, the simple explanation for the development of a personality disorder. So a child who is born to a pathologically narcissistic parent and a codependent parent, and they are considered the bad child, the disturbed child, the, the bad seed, um, the evil one, um, or whatever is the derogatory, negative, and shaming role that's assigned to them, they don't experience safety, love, nurturing, respect. And so they grow up with this personality disorder, and therefore, by the time they are adults and they're ready to seek a relationship, they come to that process as poorly developed or what I call a half person. So now that we understand what half means, a half and a half equals what? Why is that a half relationship? It's because both the SLD and the narcissist, they're very similar in this respect. It's just a matter of degree of pathology and insight into themselves and the ability to overcome it. They both have severe core shame. Of course, as I said, the narcissist is much worse and probably is not aware of it because of all sorts of dissociative psychological uh, defense, dissociative processes and psychological defense mechanisms. But the core shame always leads to the development of pathological loneliness. And I have a video and I have a lot of materials, especially online at our Self Love Recovery Institute's educational resources, where I talk a lot about attachment trauma, core shame, pathological loneliness, SLDD addiction, and the symptoms, which is the SLDD pyramid. Both the SLD and the pathological narcissist have, ex have experienced attachment trauma. Both have core shame, which is the fundamental belief that you are not lovable, you are flawed, you'll never be good enough, you're broken, you're expendable. Now, the difference of the core shame of the SLD and the core shame of the pathological narcissist, it's conscious to the SLD. 
They feel it. They think about it. To the pathological narcissist, the core shame is so much more severe um, than it is with the codependent. It has to be removed from their conscious mind and put into another part of the brain that blocks it from consciousness. Therefore, they're not aware, nor will, can they admit to having core shame, except at very, uh, except during very few moments of clarity, which don't happen often. From core shame is pathological loneliness. It's what I call an existential disease. It is bone aching pain of feeling empty, lost, alone in a world in which you're not loved, you don't fit in. It's loneliness times 10. Or sometimes I joke loneliness on crack. Um, and this loneliness comes from the core shame. Both the SLD and the narcissist are aware of the loneliness. I don't know if the narcissist will admit it freely, but they they can connect to it. Then we go up my pyramid is the addiction. The addiction is this compulsive need, this craving for a relationship to make the pain of the loneliness and the shame go away. So the addiction is the use of a, and I quote this drug to make the pain go away. The drug is a relationship. The SLD is not addicted to narcissists and the narcissist is not addicted to SLDs. They need that relationship to make the pain go away. But because it's an addiction, they can't stop. And true to all addictions, there's withdrawal symptoms. And the withdrawal symptom of this addiction is pathological loneliness. And then, of course, going up the pyramid is all the symptoms that define uh, personality-wise, uh, traits, um, what is an SLD and what is a pathological narcissist. If you're an SLD and you're not in a relationship, you have this profound pain of loneliness. You have this intermittent um, thinking or thought processes that tell you you're not good enough for anyone who's healthy, happy, and successful to love, that if you're around people that seem to be that type of person, it feels uncomfortable. Well, this is the human magnet syndrome. And, and again, that's a, a video or two on, it, on its own right. But you are comfortable with someone who makes you feel safe and safe is familiar. So this pain, this agonizing pathological loneliness draws you to a relationship. The narcissist has the same thing. And because of the human magnet syndrome is an attraction, an unconscious attraction where chemistry pulls them together because they are opposites, caretaker, care needer. And they come to the relationship. Okay, now I'm going to get back to the math. The half and the half, each person, the codependent and the narcissist, need the relationship to feel happy, to make the pain go away. The cost of not being in a relationship is continued pain, continued suffering. The benefit of the relationship is the drug is to make the pain go away. Unbeknownst to the codependent or the SLD, 
they don't they don't know that after this moment of joy, what we call limerence, you know, walking on air, can't sleep, got to think all the time, want to be with the person, which is normal, but it's exponentially worse for SLDs and narcissists. But unfortunately for the SLD, they don't know that after the limerence fades, they're in trouble. That's when they see the narcissist for who they really are and experience the consequences of their treatment and the relationship. So a half and a half equals one. And that means they come together and they get to escape their suffering and their pain. The relationship is the magic bullet. The relationship is the holy grail to escape the pain. And once they are together, they have this feeling of being whole. It's a delusion. It's not accurate. But the SLD and the narcissist are delivered away from pain and suffering. And they get to feel like they are like the rest of the world. They can be in a loving relationship and be like everyone else. So a half and a half equals one. And that is a half a relationship in which both people temporarily feel fulfilled and whole but it's really not whole. It's a half of a relationship. As the limerence fades, as I said a few minutes ago, the narcissist true colors come out and the codependent or SLDs true caretaking, sacrificing, being, being manipulate, being open or susceptible to manipulation. They come out and then the relationship congeals around the true dysfunction. So it is always a half of a relationship because it can never be a whole relationship because each person is not whole unless they're together and the type of whole that they experience is extremely dysfunctional. Now let's look at an SLD who has been involved in my treatment program, my self love recovery treatment program. And just just to go over the pyramid again, the the self love abundance pyramid, which is the goal of the treatment program to neutralize self-love deficit disorder, SLDD, and to, to bring forward self-love abundance, which is the cure. And the pyramids match up. From attachment trauma, we have attachment trauma resolution. From core shame, we have core self-love. From pathological loneliness, we have existential peace. For SLDD addiction, we have a compulsion to care for oneself that does not require a relationship. And from the top of the pyramid, which is the SLD, we have the person who's self-love abundant. So a person who is self-love abundant, they can be very, very different. There's all sorts of people, regardless of personality types or other mental health challenges, um, can be self-love abundant. They do not need a relationship to make themselves feel whole. They do not experience pathological loneliness. They can be lonely and loneliness can suck. They can, um, as I said, they don't experience core shame either. They don't hate themselves. They might be mad at themselves. They might be disappointed, but at the end of the day, they shake it off and they just figure out a way to move on, heal and get better. They protect themselves. They stand up for themselves should they be at risk or in danger. They proactively build a foundation of mental health, relational or interpersonal health 
occupational health, physical health. They do that because it's natural. It fits with their self-love abundant personality, um, goals, values. A person who's self-love abundant does not stay in highly dysfunctional relationships because they believe they are worth more. They can only handle so much pain before they hit a threshold where they are, you know, they, they're out of there. They bolt. They make mistakes. They can get into unhealthy relationships, but because of their foundation of self-love abundance, their self-love for themselves, they naturally cannot settle for miser misery, loneliness, or someone who wants to make them feel bad. So the human magnet syndrome reflects that. The person who's self-love abundant, who's more of a caregiver, but self-love abundant, is going to be oppositely attracted to someone who's self-love abundant, is more focused on themselves, but still they're able to be mutual and reciprocal in the way that they love, respect, care, trust, and protect each other. So they are the one, the full person who meets another, there's chemistry, there's attraction, there is yearning to be closer. And if that chemistry matches them up, they move forward in a relationship and they don't go that super quickly. They aren't driven by this hunger, this thirst, this drive to make the pain go away. They want to feel better. They want to be happier. They want their lives that are already good to be better. And they will protect that at all costs. So the one plus one equals two, and two is a full relationship of interdependent and mutually self-love abundant partners. And then we have one plus one plus one equals three, and that is the relationship math for a healthy relationship. Let me tell you how that works. One plus one is the two self-love abundant individuals. The other one is the commitment to the relationship. So we have people that love themselves, that have commitment to themselves. And because of that, the human magnet syndrome draws them together. They fall in love. They do not move too quickly. They may move quickly, but it's not because of a need to escape the pain of loneliness or core shame. Who knows? There's so many individual differences. I'm not here to say what exactly is right or wrong. But they go more slowly, more carefully, and are not guided by hunger and craving. And the relationship builds. And because these are self-love abundant people, as much as they value interdependence, which is being separate, but also dependent, as they have a commitment to the relationship. If someone is down and out, someone is having a bad time in their life, they won't leave, even if that person's not necessarily at their best. That Their commitment and their love and that other one, their, the, excuse me, their commitment and love for each other, and the other third one, the commitment to the relationship, and the sacrifices, the work, the celebration, 
makes this relationship math solid. It's good math. Oh, incidentally, um, I don't think I ever got past understanding fractions as far as my math abilities. <laughs> so don't be fooled by thinking that, hey, this guy, he's a therapist and he's good at math. Well, maybe addition. So in conclusion, I wanted to explain my relationship math in a way that could inspire people to be more than they have been individually. Inspire someone who's self-love deficient, someone who's a codependent, to understand what happened to them as children can be overcome if they can find treatment or therapy that understands the origins of the problem and can work them through natural and logical resolution of it. And um, I'm sure there's therapists that can do this, and I don't know them, but if someone knows a therapist that has that background, go for it. I provide those therapy services in my 11-stage self-love recovery program. And if you're interested, you can contact us at help at selfloverecovery.com. I also provide full-length seminar videos, educational and inspirational videos that talk about this process and teach people on how to understand it and move beyond it. And these videos range from three to six hours. At the end of the day, what is more important than anything that I've said is a commitment to overcoming the lifetime obstacle of self-love deficit disorder for the birthright of self-love abundance. You can do it. It's not too late. George Elliot, George, George Bernard. I always say my saying of George Bernard Shaw, but George Elliot's saying it's never too late to be the person you should have been applies. Okay, take care and thank you so much for following me. If you're a YouTube watcher, please hit the subscribe button, make comments, and keep this conversation moving forward. If you're a podcast listener, stay tuned because every week I add another podcast. Take care and be well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word. Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.